Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to a very special edition of the SD Podcast Show. I'm Steven and I'm actually going to do this one a little solo slash have a guest with me today. Uh, this is our special episode uh, and also the first post for our podcast channel for the 2018 year. Um, first off, I want to just thank everybody for helping us throughout the 2017 year. Uh, there's a lot of people to thank and Dan and Vin will be joining me again later in the week for our 201st episode and we'll get into a lot of the thank yous. Uh, don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Uh, you could also find us on Stitcher and a bunch of other podcast apps. Uh, you could also find out all of our shows on the SNDblog.com. And also a bunch of new articles are coming out. I know I have something coming out later this week about loyalty to sports teams. Uh, Danny just posted a, a great article about his first year as a season ticket holder for the Giants. I know Vin's got some stuff in the works. And, of course, we always have the Weissman and Oz show, Sarasso and the Beard, and Jay's Week in Wrestling on both the SND blog and our podcast channels. So... With that being said, there's a lot of stuff we're going to do for this special episode. Um, so I'm going to bring on my guest right now so she can kind of give us a little bit of a background of what we're going to be talking about today. And right now I want to welcome in Sammy from Recovery Eats. What's up, Sammy? Nothing much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, so why don't you give everybody a little bit of a, a background of what is Recovery Eats and how you got into it? Yeah. All right. So... Like you said, I'm Sammy. Obviously, my handle is Recovery Eats, and I am 24 years old. Um, I am currently in recovery from an eating disorder. Um, I went to treatment around, I would say it was July 10th, so in the beginning of the summer, and I actually just got out on December 10th, so exactly five months later, and basically when I ended treatment or at least my residential stay. Um, we got our phones back, which thank God. Um, but the greatest part was that I moved back to New York city, which is where I lived prior. And I was always a foodie. I was always very into food. I went to the culinary Institute of America. I'm a trained chef. Um, so food was my life, but it was also, you know, my biggest fear and something that I never allowed myself to have, which obviously spiraled into the eating disorder. And one of the things that we learn in treatment is that eating disorders really aren't about the food. They're not about the body. They're not about the weight. Um, they're about something much more than that. But I kind of wanted to take a different spin on recovery, though I'm dealing with all those other things. I wanted to be very open and honest about all the food that I 
didn't have in my life. And, you know, I kind of say on my personal page, I kind of tell people to go to my recovery eats page and just watch me eat through all the food that I've been missing out on for the past 24 years. And, you know, it's just really exciting. And that's mainly what I did with it. And I realized how much it was helping others and through treatment, being with other people, um, I've realized that my passion in life is to help other people, especially people who are struggling with eating disorders. So I kind of decided to dedicate my recovery to helping others recover, um, by giving them kind of this outlet of, you know, what recovery looks like. It's very hard to imagine a fully recovered life though. It's possible. Um, I had a lot of people in my treatment center who were fully recovered. And for someone who's in the depths of an eating disorder, Um, it doesn't seem too realistic. So I'm kind of new to the scene and putting a different spin on it. We don't really usually hear from people who are in recovery. That's why I have decided to become one of the first to actually advocate for recovery rather than um, just straight recovered um, to make it a little bit easier for people to kind of dive into their own recovery. And, you know, if they can't believe in fully recovered yet, they could believe in me because I'm living, breathing proof that, you know, it's worth it and it can happen because if anyone could do it, you know, it's everyone can. So that's kind of where I took the spin on my platform and it kind of blew up. And then with all the you know, hype of a new year and all the resolutions, I kind of went on to start this new campaign. And that's really what has got me motivated and keeping me going every single day. All right, cool. So what what is this campaign that you're starting? Um, I know I've seen a couple of things on social media, but for those who are listening, who don't actually, who either don't have social media, who aren't or are not following you yet, what is the campaign all about? Yeah, so the campaign is called I Will Gain. Um, And it's hashtag I will gain. And basically the premise of it was originally I was just putting it out there for all of my people that follow me who are in recovery or struggling because um, I don't know about anyone else, but New Year's is definitely one of the most triggering holidays slash days and months for me um, because everyone is kind of on that diet mentality and they're pretty much ready to start their new diets, get their bodies changing, get it all out there. And I wanted to motivate everyone to kind of take a step back and not focus on what they'll be losing in the new year, but what they'll be gaining. So I challenged everyone for the entire month of January to post one thing that they'll be gaining in the new year. And at first it really was just for the recovery community. And then I realized that it's such a beautiful thing to branch out to other people, especially people who don't have eating disorders, because it is so interesting that in preparation for this new year and this clean slate, we're all excited for this incredible year ahead. And we're thinking of such positive things. However, we're doing it in the most negative way, which is starting it off by counting how much we're going to lose or, you know, what we're going to restrict, what we're going to take away from our lives instead of enhancing our lives and adding to it and gaining. And so that's really where I kind of came up with it and um, what I've been kind of trying to motivate people to do. So how do people get involved in the I Will campaign? So 
the way to get involved in I Will Gain is that you go on to Recovery Eats and you can kind of see all of our little slogans that we've been putting up, kind of like teasers. And then basically since today is January 1st, it could start whenever. Um, and there is no end date. I've been telling everyone for the entire month of January, but I think that it's something that, you know, you can kind of do every day now that people post every day. Um, all you have to do is post a picture. It could be anything. And you just write about what you're gaining this year. So like I could post a picture of my friends and say I'm gaining relationships or I'm gaining, you know, experience. I mean, today for the first um, day of the campaign, like I like to come up with these little quotes and I post them. So today in honor of New Year's and everyone saying new year, new me and all that in the recovery world, we don't <laughs> really say new year, new me because we think that that, you know, kind of adds to that idea that you need to change. And I had a really hard time, you know, kind of dissecting whether or not I can say new year, new me, because technically I, I did change this year. I changed physically, I changed mentally, but then I decided that it is a new year just because the clock struck 12 does not mean that I like turned into a pumpkin. Like that's only for (laughs) the fairy tales. Um, I'm still me, but I've decided that, um, it's going to be new year, new, new year, same me, new glasses. And the first thing that I'm gaining this year is a new perspective on life. Well, that's awesome. Um, so in part of this recovery in this, I will gain thing, or is it not just for eating disorders? Like what if somebody else has, what if somebody realizes they actually need recovery and would you be able, would you be someone who they would want to, re- would you be somebody willing to help them with that? You know, because you've went through a, a hard time. So, you know, there are people out there that don't realize that they actually need it. Mm-hmm. But it could, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I think, and it could, it could reign true for anything. I think, you know, all throughout treatment, as I was getting better, I, and every single day I'm like, everyone should, should recover from something because it's just such an enlightening experience. But I think that, you know, if anyone was struggling with anything, they could reach out because at the end of the day, what people don't understand about eating disorders is that they think that it's just a diet or it's just, you know, people want to change their body. And you don't know how many people um, will all of a sudden look at me and be like, oh, I have an eating disorder, too. Like, it's so not that easy. You can't catch it like a cold the same way that not everyone who picks up a drink is an alcoholic. Not everyone who diets has an eating disorder. And what people don't recognize is that one, it's a mental illness. Two, it's one of the most fatal mental illnesses out there. And three, it is an addiction. So it should be one treated as if it was the same as any drug addiction, any alcoholism, anything. And It should also, you know, my goal for 2018 is to make sure that by, you know, this day on 2019, people are talking about it the way that they talk about cancer because it is just as serious. Right, right. hundred percent. And so basically, how would somebody reach out to you? So basically, they can reach out to me on my social media. They can reach out to me on Recovery Eats, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. They could private message me on Recovery Eats. My private message is always open. I make sure to check it all the time. Um, my phone number is also on my recovery page. So people can reach out to me that way. They could email me pretty much anything. And I also have a blog, which is recoveryeats.blogspot uh, or blog 
or WordPress, not Blogspot. Yeah. That. <laughs> Word, I don't even think <laughs> Blogspot's still around. I know, right? That's where my first blog was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's recoveryeats.wordpress.com and um, they could always reach out there. Um, right. And, and if, I think... Oh, I'm sorry. No, on. go ahead. Go oh, because I was going to say that, you know, there are people who who aren't on social media that do listen to our shows and that know us personally and that if you want to get in touch with Sammy about anything, don't be afraid to reach out to us at the SND podcast the S&D podcast and we're always there for you as well you know a lot of people that listen know the backstory that Danny one of one of the original creators of the show with me uh went through a year of lymphoma it was about mm-hmm. six months he went through with lymphoma and if you actually go on our S&D blog he wrote a great article about two months ago about things I didn't know about and I spoke to the kid mm-hmm. every day while he was sick I spoke to him every day while he was in in treatments and everything and there were a lot of things I didn't know, but he actually recently put out an article about the things nobody was able to see. Yep. And so don't be afraid to reach out to any of us as well. We're always here. We're always willing to help. It's one of the things we love about our platform is we're always there to support people and help people with their problems and anything that they need. Yeah. And I think that that's the beauty of social media, honestly. Like I, ever since I started this platform, um, I've just been hearing from so many people and I've just gained so much of a sense of community and, you know, it's just something that's so beautiful and it doesn't, I've heard from people who don't have eating disorders. I've heard from people who knew me growing up. I've heard from people who have no idea who I am. You know, it's just, it's something that people don't realize you could be struggling with and it's some, it's somewhat of a silent killer and no one really knows. And I always say that one of the most dramatic things about eating disorders is that um, when you're already thin and you develop an eating disorder, you get sent to the hospital. But when you're not thin and you develop an eating disorder, you, you begin to get praised because it could be masked as just losing weight. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I had been losing weight my entire life. I was always yo-yo dieting. I was always going up and down on the scale. And you know, I started really getting into fitness this past year and I do love it. And it's something that I value in life, but I definitely overdid it. And I got really, I guess what the, you know, the magazines would call super fit. And unfortunately everyone praised me and I knew that there was something wrong and I knew that I was sick, but I couldn't get better because no one was telling me to get better. And that's something that comes with treatment is that you acknowledge that it's a very huge part of your disorder is like getting permission, which I also could have never understood because I have never asked for permission for anything in my life. So it was kind of weird to hear that I, you know, needed to ask for permission, like from myself to do things and that I followed rules and that there were all this, all this lingo that was in the eating disorder world that I never even knew about. Um, until I went to treatment and realized like, wow, I do that too. And it's really interesting because my brother has an eating disorder as well. And he didn't realize until he came and started supporting me that, you know, he kind of understood what some of these girls were talking about. And I think that's another whole thing that, you know, people often hear eating disorder and it's a one size fits all category. People you know, you hear eating disorder and I don't care who you are. I definitely am victim to this. Like you hear eating disorder, you think of emaciated female and 
it's really hard. People don't think about all the different sizes of eating disorders and all the different categories. Like there's you like a hundred percent males get eating disorders, you know, it would be like saying that certain men can't get like men can get breast cancer. You know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a chemical imbalance that anyone with a brain could have. Right. A hundred percent. And like you said, people don't realize a lot of times when they have an issue and sometimes it takes hearing about somebody else's problem to mm-hmm. make you kind of like be like, wait a minute, like you said with your brother, it, it, yeah. he realized that after seeing you and being like, wait a minute, right. I'm in the same boat here. What's going on? What am I doing? You yeah. Know? So it's really one of those things that. And like you said, it's not just an eating disorder. It's anything, you know, depression, you know, things. Like, yeah. Anything mental may not be realized by a common person. And it takes a good group of friends and family to make you realize what's really going on. on yeah, your completely. And it's a lot of like self-recognition and self-awareness. Like I had been in therapy my whole life. So I would say that I'm a pretty self-aware person, but I was never able to do the work that I did in therapy the past five months that I've done my entire life. Like it just, and it's because there was always that block. There was always that you know, kind of elephant, I guess, in the room, but in my brain that no one diagnosed until I got physically ill. And that's really where the problem is, because eating disorders are just a cry for help. There's no, you know, rhyme or reason to it. No one's doing it because like, they're doing it. And they think that they're doing it because they want their bodies and they want this and they want that. But no, it's it's your brain crying for help and crying for attention. And a lot of it has to do with validation. A lot of it has to do with that feeling of receiving care. Like I know one of the hardest things for me leaving treatment was that idea like, well, what are they going to, if I don't have an eating disorder, then like, who's going to care about me? And it's really hard to understand what goes on in the head of someone who has an addiction or who has a mental illness. You know, people automatically think that mental illnesses just mean that you're crazy. And it's really not true at all. And it's just, especially when it comes to, you know, society and insurance, like insurance doesn't deem anyone sick enough to cover them. And that's really where I first started like doing all of my advocating because I wanted to kind of make sure that it was something that was going to be heard. And I wanted to help people who were in treatment stay in treatment because you can't force someone to recover. You can only choose it yourself. And the only thing that you could do as an outside person is help the other person. But like you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And if someone is brave enough to accept the help, they deserve a fighting chance. Right. And you mentioned the support factor in it. How hard was it at first for you to get that support from like family and friends? Because sometimes a lot or even a lot of times, you know, I've had people tell me, oh, I'm going through depression. And I'll be like, you're not. I've seen people going through depression. I know better. Like, you know, some people may act weird. It's definitely it's really hard, especially since like I grew up in a family on Long Island, obviously. And um we were a house of dieters always. So it wasn't really, they were just like, you know, no one even knew what an eating disorder was. And it wasn't, I remember the first time that I started getting really thin and then, um, 
you know, kind of fell off the bandwagon of the diet and then like got, you know, restored a little. And I remember my dad saying to me, you're, you're too thin. And then I noticed he stopped saying you're too thin. And that's when it went off in my head that like, I wasn't thin enough. And then I just went down my rabbit hole again. And I think that support looks like one thing to supporters, but then to people you're supporting, it looks like a whole other thing. And I think that's something that I want to kind of help out with in, you know, the upcoming year, because I want to start holding groups for supporters or for people who just want to know how to better handle situations like this, because there's a fine line between supporting and enabling. And then there's a fine line between supporting and policing. And both of those could lead to a relapse. So I think that it's interesting coming from someone who's in recovery, dealing with it every day, hearing what, you know, I can't tell you what the person you're going to be supporting wants to hear, but I can tell you what I hear when you speak. Right. And one of the things that I've come across the past couple of months in my life has been setting goals but not just telling myself those goals. I go to mm-hmm. people that I know support me, especially at work. And, you know, I set my goals up for a week and I send them to people at work. And I'd be like, hey, you, please be accountable for me. And I trust people to be accountable for me for these goals to achieve my goals. And when yeah, I don't so- achieve them, they support me and they sit me down and be like, let's figure out why you didn't achieve them so you can next week. Yeah, it's all about accountability, honestly. That's what I, that's really why I started my you know, recovery eats page. It was to keep me accountable. I knew that I wasn't going to, you know, flop in front of everyone. And it was something that just motivates me every day. And the crazy thing is I definitely started my page with the intention of, you know, just posting pictures of food and, you know, hoping to become one of these like foodie, you know, Instagrams. Um, but then it became something so much more. And I realized that posting food that I post is, it's really hard for me. It's really hard for my eating disorder because I was super healthy. So to post all this food makes my eating disorder think that people will just think that I'm unhealthy. And I hate that I still categorize that. Um, but it's something that my eating disorder sees, but my healthy self can recognize and remind me that eating is healthy, period. And as long as I'm doing that, I need to not fixate on what I'm eating. So it's actually a challenge for me to post all these pictures. And a lot of people are like, well, why do you center it around the food? And I'm like, because that's the hardest thing for me. It's not hard for me to eat. It's hard for me to tell people that this is happening because it's such a shameful thing. Right. And also, you don't want to be that that person because, you know, people post food on on social media like 24 hours a day seven days a week and Mm -hmm. it's like you just don't want people to think that it's just the page to let me show you what i'm eating yeah exactly and i don't believe so a big part of my eating disorder was um food logging like everyone else does on their little you know apps um and i refuse to do that because that feels very disordered to me um just because it is so familiar But what I do do is post, you know, the challenges or post something that I really enjoyed. And I won't post every single meal because it's just too close to, you know, too close to it. But I just it's it's something that definitely I enjoy doing. I 
enjoy the food that I have, even when it's not something, you know, super luxurious. One of my favorite things to post is the non, you know, the not so pretty food. Um, (laughs) because I like to say that like recovery is not pretty, but I try to make the most of the pictures that I post, but a lot of it does come down to like inspiration and what really inspires me. And the funny thing is a lot of people have been reaching out asking me if I actually eat the food that I'm posting, which I think is absurd to ask me that. (laughs) But I, you know, I had to kind of set the record straight on my Instagram that like, yes, I totally do. And then I realized that all these foodie accounts post other people's pictures and I never realized that. Um, But yeah, all of mine is original content of what I'm eating in my everyday challenges. People actually ask you if you're eating it like, oh, my gosh, so many people, (laughs) so many. But you know what? It's the mindset. And, you know, when I first went into treatment, we so we eat six times a day and, you know, it's three meals and three snacks. And you're talking to all the people that work there and even the recovered staff. And when I went in deep in my eating disorder, I looked at my therapist who was recovered and I was like, you just eat what you eat here and then you go home and you don't eat like you're on a diet. And she was like, you're out of your mind. And I was just like, I, it's, it's true though. I thought that everyone was on a diet and you know, it's definitely because I see the world in black and white and it's just not, that's not how it is. You have to accept that there are so many shades. Right. And like, you know, I see, I follow you with both of my accounts, my personal account, and of course, my, my podcast account. And I yeah. see them and I see them like, see, I'll look at foods. I'm a very picky eater. So I'll look at the, some <laughs> of the stuff you post and be like, eh. but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and judge you. I'm not, it's not my decision. You're the one that you, you want to eat this stuff. It's not like you're yeah. sitting there looking at it and be like, I've never eaten this in my life. Why am I doing yeah. this right now? Yeah. So. Why don't you remind everybody again about how to get involved in the campaign and also how to contact you? Yeah. So first and foremost, I would definitely say head to my Instagram, even if, you know, especially if you don't have an eating disorder, it's a great platform for, you know, education, but also like I've said, if you want to look at some really good food and I have really good recommendations up there on where to go. Um, So that's recovery eats, which I'm sure you'll put up the, spelling of it because there's three E's. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you could go ahead there and there's actually one of my story highlights that's always there. It gives you kind of the gist on like how to get involved with um, the I Will Gain campaign. And all you honestly do is just start posting and telling us what you're gaining in this new year. And just make sure you tag Recovery Eats and tag the hashtag I Will Gain. And I just let's make a splash and let people understand that this year is not the year of what we're going to lose and how we're going to lose it. It's more of what we're going to gain and how we're going to do that. All right. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to uh, plug while we're on here? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. This was very interesting and a lot of help. And I'm going to be sharing this all over our social media of course of the snd podcast you can find on instagram you can find on twitter you can follow us on facebook um it'll be on all of our podcast listen stations uh stitcher soundcloud itunes google play and there's like a bunch of others that i don't even know the names of people keep telling me they listen to us on (laughs) um and of course snd blog.com 
Uh, we also share a lot of Sammy's articles, so if you ever if you can't find her on there, just look at our pages and we share them for you. So you could definitely find Thank them very you. easily through us. Uh, Sammy, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too.